I tried to be a rock star. I realized that I, I like eating um, and that that career <laughs> was not gonna work out. I found myself literally on operating tables trying to stay alive. Playing music was a, a sort of perfect trap for me because... Hello, everyone, and I'm just so glad that you've joined for this episode of the What You're About podcast with me, Chad Abood. This is where we break down with inspiring leaders and entrepreneurs how they've uncovered their natural gifts and had the courage to use them to pursue incredible career success and happiness. And I wanted to do this podcast because I know how difficult it is when you feel the pressure to play safe. There's expectations on you. I've felt it in my own life, personally and professionally. And so it is exactly what I care about the most in my business, in my life, to help people find the greatness that's within them, find that clarity and confidence in it so that they can use it towards the goals that mean the most to them. And so I'm just really, really pumped and honored that we have Owen McGran here with us. Owen. Appreciate you from being here, man. Listen, Owen's done so many different things. I want to kind of give him the plaudits that he deserves here. So listen, Owen has a big history with, you know, what we call big law in the legal services industry, working, you know, really high pressure legal cases. But he also is an entrepreneur. He's an incredible writer. If you're not already subscribed to On The Record, highly recommend. This is my weekend morning coffee reading. He's a musician. The guy is probably quadruple threat, but also he's a wonderful human being. I've gotten to know him the last couple of years. And I just want to say, oh, and appreciate you so much for everything that you've contributed to my journey too, man. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Um, you are too kind in your intro, um, but I'll take it. Oh, you take it, my friend. So listen, like I want to get into it because we're going to cover the ground of the career, the early career, the later career, the entrepreneurial stuff. I'm going to make sure we get something in about the music and on the record because, you know, it just feel like it's part of my weekend. So, you know, we're going to get through it all. But so let's just dive into it then. You know, when I think about you and what I know about you from the journey that you share on LinkedIn, I'm really curious because I see kind of the last couple of years and you mm -hmm. give us some reflections upon life, especially on the record. But, you know, I don't know you, the Owen, from the earlier days. And so can you take us back a little bit like what was going on when you were thinking early career goals, ideas that you hoped for? Like, what was going on in you? Yeah, so I I grew up with the intention to to not be a lawyer, right? My my dad is <laughs> um, was a big law attorney. Um, I saw the way that he worked. Um, it didn't look like it was a great time <laughs> to me. <laughs> um, so. You know, I, I went to college and I uh, majored in English and philosophy, and I, then I went to graduate school, got a master's in English, um, and realized that the career path for that was not great. And I stepped back and I sort of looked at the Venn diagram, the things that I'm good at and the things that people would pay me to do. And there's a tiny sliver there in the middle and in law, <laughs> it fit in uh, to that little sliver in the middle of the Venn diagram. So I sort of gave in and, and went to law school. Um, but let me ask you there, because you've got this anti-career goal. You're saying like, you didn't even have, yeah. it wasn't, I want to do this. It was, it was the anti-goal. You're like That's Taylor great. Swift with the anti-hero. You had the anti-goal and then you're like, you're seeing the overlap and you're like, okay, now I'm going to go do it. Like, 
was there an internal struggle there or did it just seem like, you know, kind of the reality that you were facing or, or had you made peace with it by then? Yeah. You know, I mean, there, there was a period where, um, after graduate school, um, there was a year between that and when I went to law school and I, I worked for a nonprofit. I tried to be a rock star. I realized that I, I like eating, um, and that, that career <laughs> was not going to work out. Um, and so, you know, it was a fairly calculated decision where, you know, I was 25 at that point and I thought, okay, I need to adult. Um, and honestly, it was something that I knew because my dad mm -hmm. had done it. You know, it was something that at least to some extent I had a comfort level with as, as far as what to expect and, and what kind of career paths there were. I was wrong that I understood what it was, but I thought that I did at the time. Right. Um, and then, you know, what, once I got to law school uh, and started my career, I had the same kind of thoughts that most young people do when they get into it, which is great. I'm going to work on huge cases. I'm going to be, you know, a big, powerful lawyer and I'm going to make a lot of money. It's going to be, it's going to be great. You're watching wow. suits and you're like, that's it. That's right. Um, the only accurate part about suits is how often the lawyers are eating street food. I put on so much weight, man, in those early years. Oh, I probably put I on like 30 pounds with the amount of I eating I was doing. I know. Um, you know, because suddenly it was 11 p.m. and you're like, oh, shit, I need to eat something. Right. And then totally. you, you don't eat well and, and it all just sits on you. Um, it's not a healthy <laughs> It's not a healthy path in all kinds of different ways. So I'm curious, so, man, like you're, you're such a creative guy. You're like a music guy. You're like, all right, I got to make peace with this. I know this life. As you started getting into it, law school, the earliest mm -hmm. kind of career days, like how was it settling in you? Like you're a guy who's used to eating ramen and playing the shows and, and now yeah. you're like moving towards, you know, this suits life and how was it settling in you? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a, in a certain sense, you know, playing music um, doing that kind of stuff, uh, was a, a sort of perfect trap for me because I got used to doing things that I didn't particularly like, you know, going around in a van all the time ah. is not fun. Um, I got used to performing and doing things over and over again that to everybody else seemed really interesting and, and, and fun and entertaining to me. I was, it was playing the same song for the, you know, thousandth time. Ah. Um, you know, and so, you learn to sort of feign the excitement, right? Um, and I mean, I have to say that 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 did me very well when I got into into both law school and then becoming a lawyer. Because I mean, the thing that a lot of people before they get into the situation of working as an associate at a firm don't realize is it's a lot of rote, um, boring. Right you know, right. stuff that you just kind of have to plow through. Right. Um, and, you know, when you're in that position and you're supposed to be having the time of your life because you're this big associate at a big law firm, you know, and, you know, you're supposed to look excited when you show up in the office at, you know, eight o'clock right. in the morning on Sunday. Right. Um, you know, it, it taught me to wear a mask that, that sort of got me through those first couple of years in big law, but it probably didn't do me a whole lot of favors. You actually had the skill, like you'd learned the skill of, I can do this brief a thousand times mm -hmm. and make the audience feel like I'm loving it. And I'm breaking that's my right. guitar on stage. Cause that's what you had been doing this whole time. That's cool, man. I, I always thought about that when I watched like 
documentaries about bands and musicians. And I'm thinking to myself, like, do they love playing that song? And maybe for some people, it depends if there's like six people or 60,000 people and depends how many zeros at the end of the event paycheck. I don't know, but I always wondered that. So it's, it's, I love that you, that you shared that. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some nights it's, it's amazing. Right. And some nights it's like, if I have to play the song one more time. Right. And, you know, and, and, and you start, you know, part of the reason that bands go crazy, right. Is because one night when you're playing that same song for the, you know, you know, eighth time that week on stage, you just start playing it differently. And everybody else is trying to figure out what the right. hell is going on. Right. right. Because you're bored and you're trying to get, you're trying to breathe some life into it. Right. I knew that right, I was in right. trouble practicing law when I was working on a brief and I opened it by doing a parody of the, at the beginning of Kafka's the trial. Right. That's amazing. And it was simply because I was bored out of my mind. Right. And I gave it to the, You're like, is anyone going to read this? Is anyone right. going to notice that I'm doing this? Right. You know, I gave it to the partner and he said nothing about it. And I was like, Oh, that's amazing. Right, I guess we're going to file this. Um, and it was only at the end when I, when, you know, he said, by the way, what's with this opening? It's, it's really odd. And I was like, he's never read, he's never read it. Okay. You know, and it, it was, it was a lesson in, you know, I was surrounded by a bunch of smart people, but not necessarily cultured people. So, so let's, so let's take that now. So, okay. So you have the history with music pros and cons. It's a creative outlet, but you learned how to do things in a routine way. You deployed that kind of training to the law, which actually was, was helpful again, in a good way, in a bad way, but that creative piece hasn't left you the writing, the humor, the thoughtfulness, combining it with like other artifacts of things you've read in your life. Like it's so funny to hear that you did that so early in your career, because it makes so much sense based on what I see you do over the last two years. Um, so you had this thing and did you, I mean, first of all, I tell you all the time that your writing is, is a beautiful gift. You know, do you feel like that is one of your natural gifts? Clearly you're a thoughtful guy. You're an inquisitive guy. Like, what do you feel like are the natural gifts and when did you start noticing them? Like, were you a kid? Were you a teen in the van? Like, when did this come to your head? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I noticed pretty early in my life because, um, I was, I was never good at school, right? Not because I wasn't learning things, not because I wasn't good at picking up on things, but I got bored really easily. Now, some of that has to do with the fact that I have ADHD, right? And, you know, I, the, the littlest, you know, glint of a shiny object has me running for it. Um, but, you know, the the things that I found that I enjoyed doing were the things in my professional life that people either really loved or really hated. Oh, okay. And the people who tended to really hate it were the people who wanted to do things the traditional way or to do it the same way every time, or there's, there is a house style and we have to stick with it. Um, and, you know, I wanted to, to entertain myself because I got bored easily. Right. And so um, if, if people were willing to go on a ride with me, they loved it. Um, if it made them think harder about what they were reading, they didn't. Now, judges tended to like it. Clerks tended to like it. Partners did not. When it's uh, kind of funny, because if you think about who your audience is, it actually played really well to the audience. 
but right. there's kind of a convention around how that work is done. And there's almost right. like a gatekeeper that is like misconstruing where the path should go, even though yeah. the audience would appreciate it. Did, did you see that? And was that frustrating to you? Like, when did you yeah. start getting the rub between like, I'm a creative guy. I like to think out of the box. I like to push it a little bit and maybe I'm not afraid to do that, but I've got this very conventional job that pays me a lot of money and probably satisfied a lot of external validation. Yeah. You know, the, the, the time I remember first being angry about it, maybe not angry, really frustrated about it was I was working on a brief for a judge that I clerked for, right. Who I know very well, who married me, not, not, married me but was the efficient at the wedding um and i mean if he asked me to marry him i I would marry him um but you know i knew that the way that i was writing the brief was going to land with him i knew i know him very well you know i know the way he thinks and the the partner i was working with on the matter just kept saying no Mm. Uh, and Eventually, I acquiesced because you know he he was my boss, um, and we right. were not successful on on the MSJ, and I was blamed for it. Right now, Chad, I'm very very good at owning my own mistakes. I am not good at owning other people's mistakes that are forced on me. Um, I should probably have a out? little bit. Um, I mean, when when the partner came to me and said, you know, you messed this up. I just, I just went right back at him. Um, I didn't have wow. a whole lot of tact. <laughs> I was three years out of law school. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, and this was the, I think he was the chair of the litigation department at the firm I was with. Um, so wow. I, I don't always know what's in my own best interest. Right. And, um, what it really comes down to is I realize now that I was a terrible employee. I was just bad. You know, I, I didn't mm. do what I was asked. Um, you know, when, uh, when I knew it was going to end poorly, you know, I, I threw a fit. Um, that was probably not my place to do, but you know, <laughs> it was, it was, you know, working for somebody else never, never ended well for me, you know, and I, I am now mature enough to understand that, you know, a lot of that was my fault. It's so, you know, I, I love that you, you tapped into that because before we started on, you know, we were talking about the point of this podcast and listen, for anybody that like has ever read or listened to anything that I've babbled on about, we know that like, I care so much about people finding their own way, their mm-hmm. own gift. Like it's not... I don't want anyone to feel like they need to live someone else's life or they need to take advice, like some universal truth. Everyone's got their own way. And it's funny when you said that, like, you know, you didn't handle things the right way. And I think to myself, I'm like, well, the Owen that I know today seems like ambitious, community minded, positive, motivated, like so comfortable in your own skin. And I know it was a big journey to get there. And I want to touch on that with you briefly, but maybe it, maybe it was the right way because if you had done it the way you were meant to do it, like we wouldn't have the greatness that we have from you now. And so I just want to share that back with you, man, because it would be a sad thing. I think if we didn't have the Owen of today. 
Yeah, I, and and I appreciate that, and I I, I agree with you. Um, you know, I I just look back and I realize that that I made people's lives a little a, a little problematic for, for a while there, right? You know, and um, yeah, some of it they deserved, and some of it probably not. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. So, okay. So let's shift then. So you're struggling with this challenge of you've got gifts, you're creative, you're funny, you're pushing it. It's not being allowed. You're even realizing that while it's still you and you're being you, you're not in the right fit environment because the environment matters as much as our own personal gifts. Like, you know, you're a creative guy, but if we're not deploying our gifts where they're wanted, then you have a bad match. And so when you're facing this challenge or this doubt, like how did you find your way through the forest on that one? Yeah. I wish I could take more credit for how I got to where I am than, than I actually am able to. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier, you know, I, I had a sort of maladaption where I could fake it really well and I could do the work really well and I could keep plowing through it. And And what that did was it took me from, you know, I started at a, you know, a mid-sized Pittsburgh firm, 120 lawyers, and I kept getting bigger until I was at, you know, a firm with 2,000 some lawyers. Um, and in that process, I was, it got to the point where I was quite literally dying. Um, and so part of my journey was I got so ill that I had to stop practicing law. Wow. Um, and so part of what happened wasn't, you know, me having the light bulb turn on and say, hey, maybe you shouldn't do this and maybe you should do it another way, right? Which right. I would like to be able to take the credit for that, but I'm not that perspicacious. Um, what happened was I found myself literally on operating tables trying to stay alive. Um, and then at the tail, at, at the back end of that, you know, when <laughs> when my wife who had been supporting us for two years, two and a half years came to me and said, Hey, Owen, I think that you're healthy enough. Could you please start making some money again? Um, and I said, you know, you're right. Um, you, you've been uh, far more understanding about this whole situation than, than I probably had any right to expect. Um, the thought of going back to a firm and doing the kind of work that I had been doing in that kind of environment I just couldn't even fathom it, right? I mean, right. It, it it made my heart race just thinking about it. Um, and so there was a moment of, okay, well, what the hell do I do now, right? Well, what am I good for if not, you know, working for a firm, billing a lot of hours and making other people money? Well, because that had been built, like that's drilled into a lot of professional service right. folks, lawyers for sure. Yeah, you know, and, and I mean, the, the way that it works when you're at those firms, you begin to associate your own self-worth with the amount of, hours that you bill, right. right? To the point where, you know, I remember taking my dog for a walk and thinking, huh, that was a point three. That was an expensive walk. <laughs> and it's like, no, you I build was, your I was, dog. Right. It was like, I took my dog for a walk that is supposed to be a joyous, you know, like no, no strings attached kind of thing where I get to do the things right. that I want. And I was immediately thinking I could have been making money there. It, it it sort of poisons the way you start. It it's it's why people are, you know, even though they have good intentions, they'll miss the recital or they'll miss the soccer practice or they'll miss these things because those things in their brain literally cost money. 
right? Yeah. Whether not making it, I feel like maybe there'll be more of them, but you can't sacrifice the work pressure because the work pressure is so urgent and there'll be another recital. You can rationalize a lot of things. I mean, I I did it myself for many Mm -hmm. years in a similar situation. I had a funny one where, you know, soccer is my sport of choice. And I had convinced my friends to shift the league that we played in to be like right downtown near the the building and to play games that started at like 11 p.m. at night. And it wasn't convenient for anyone else. And somehow I, I managed to convince them, you know, grateful for that. And they would be messaging me at like 10, 15, 10, 30. So are, are you, you coming? Like, are you coming? And I'd be like, well, who knows? Like there's still 30 minutes between now and then. It and might come up. minute cab ride. Yeah, like things are coming up. I'm working. We don't know yet. And I was getting so annoyed at them for feeling like they were pestering me. Right. And at some point I had to say to myself, like, are they pestering you or did they shift an entire social thing to be near you at a time you needed? So it was more convenient. So you might show up and you won't even commit to mm-hmm. it 20 minutes beforehand. Um, right. you know, so I definitely feel that that frustration and that confusion because your logic has shifted. And so it's just very, it's very, very painful because you're trying to like relearn, you know, you're trying to relearn what you feel like your standard is. Yeah. Yes. You know, it, 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 it grabs you without you realizing that it's, I mean, it like it infects your operating system. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I came out of the illness, not wanting to do that again. Right. It's trying you know, everything in my, in, in my power to stay away from that world. Um, but I also had my wife there saying, could you please make some money? Um, and so there was, you know, a, a sort of, there was about a, a two or three week period where I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. I was thinking maybe I'll just go to a, like a, a mid-sized firm as of counsel, you know, and not have the pressure of the hours or, you know, right. something like that. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I suggested to, to Audra that maybe I'll just open my own firm. And, wow. and she said. That's a brave thing to do. <laughs> and God love her. She said, but you don't know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> and, and I said, you are right. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but she said, look, you've got a year, right? If, if you can turn a profit within a year, that's great. Right. If not, then we'll have the conversation again and we'll see what's going on. Um, so, you know, I, I, I've been really blessed with, with, <laughs> with a partner who is willing to um, take chances on me. Right. And, and yeah. knowing that I didn't have any idea what I was doing still said, yeah, give it a go. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful to have that kind of support so close to you. And, you know, so I'm thinking about this, like you, you clearly had a lot of experience with like, you had a sense of like who you are and you tried it in personal pursuits and a little bit in your career, your body kind of voted with its own feet saying like, Hey, if you're not going to figure out that this isn't the right environment for you, I'm going to show you. And Mm -hmm. you come out of it and you decide like maybe almost out of default or in reaction to that pain, like I'm going to do my own thing. And so, you know, whether it's seed council or purely estates or, you know, all the ventures that you've kind of had before and until now, like, how do you think about constructing your career and your life to like maximize your natural gifts? Like, how do you bring it into your career so that you feel happier and you feel the success from it? Yeah, I mean, there, there are a bunch of 
pieces that go into that. Um, before I do that, though, just just for everybody, your body is smarter than your brain. If your body tells you something <laughs> and your brain says something else, please listen to your body. Um, anyway, yeah. so part yeah. part of the part of the way that um, I think about my businesses is they're they're projects. They're not something that lasts forever, right? Um, I, I love that um, DARPA, you know, the the American um, defense, like uh, advanced research and stuff. Yeah. Nobody in that program is allowed to hold a position for more than three years, right? And the idea wow. is it needs to be constantly changing and evolving, right? And so I, I have adopted for myself something along the lines of every two years, I either have to recommit to something or shut it down. Wow. And it's, cool. and it's just as good to, sh it's just as good to shut it down as it is to recommit to it. Right. It's as, is this working for me now? Right. And a lot of what that does is it allows me to not get so attached to things. Right. Nothing is as precious, you know, as trying to, you know, build something that's going to last with my name on it, you know, forever. Um, and so what that allows like me to do is... It's like an active choice. You're making like a much more intentional, active choice. Yeah, exactly. And and what it allows me to do is yeah. to, you know, you know, build on the things that, that I find to be interesting. It allows me to go try something, right? Without thinking of it in terms of, well, if this doesn't work, I'm done, right? Um, right. It, it gives a lot of freedom and play to the way that, that I build things. Um, you know, that probably the, speaks well to like your nature too, like the freedom, mm -hmm. the creativity, the experience, the testing, like this is kind of like the, the musician Owen and the, you know, brief sneaking the jokes into the brief Owen, like where you can keep testing right. things. I, I get this man, because I hear this a lot about like my consulting and coaching. People are always asking me like, okay, so how are you going to scale this thing to be like 10 X what mm -hmm. it is? And what I keep telling them is like, I'm not worried about trying to scale a thing that it is today. Right. What I care about the most is, is following my natural gifts and the message that I care the most about because it reveals where I'm meant to go. And that's whether it. that's like you said, stopping something or building something brand new or recommitting to what you've got, I've just never really grabbed onto this feeling that you have to take what you have now and figure out a way to make 10x the widgets. It's just at least not inspiring to me. What's much more inspiring is like always getting closer to what you're about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. And you seem to be doing that, my friend. Like, how, so how do you do So you've got Seed Council, you know, so you're helping startups from, mm -hmm. you know, the legal side which is beautiful. You've got the estates business. You've also got the writing, right? Where you infuse your writing with the music. And really it's like thoughtful lessons about building a career and taking care mm -hmm. of your business and growing it the way that makes sense for you. How did you find the way to like fold these all together such that you're paying kind of the right amount of attention to each of them? Because you have so many interesting pursuits going on at the same time. Yeah, you know, the answer is I'm not sure that I have found the right mixture of it. Um, I, I am following the things that I am naturally wanting to do. Right? The, um, you know, on the record, it simply came about because every Saturday morning I listened to a record, um, and you know, I wrote about it once, and 
it got a lot of response. I was like, okay, cool. I, I mean, I can write about this. Um, and, and it right. evolved into, you know, writing about music as a, um, as a trap door to getting people to listen to me talk about business, right. Or life. Um, <laughs> because yeah, I mean, each of those, I do talk about a record and I talk about, you know, the musicians and stuff like that, but it's, it's, it's only sort of about that, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, finding the balance between, you know, the, the writing on the record, the, the novel that I'm writing, um, the seed council, um, and, and the estate work, you know, um, there are weeks where, um, I nail it and there are weeks where I starve one of them. Right. Um, I'm still working on it. Right. And, but I mean, that's, that's kind of the idea. Um, you know, maybe it's intermittent fasting. Right. Right. You know, and I, I have, I have a good friend um, named Eva Ford who, who loves to, she, she's very good at creating community, but the way that she schedules meetings are, you know, what, what she does is she doesn't at the end of a meeting then say, okay, here's when we're going to beat next. Right. She says, when one of you feels like you miss us, let me know and I'll schedule a meeting. <laughs> That's cool. Right. And, and I, I love that because, you know, it, it sets a natural cadence to things as opposed to we're going to meet every, you know, every two weeks. And then after two months of it, you're like, this is too much. I don't, I mean, I like you guys. I don't like you that much. Yeah. It becomes um, an obligation you know, instead of a choice. Exactly. Right. It, it, it becomes something where you are, you know, involving yourself because you really want to be there. Um, and, you know, there are aspects of, of both of my firms that I am looking to get better at, right. To, to automate a little bit better or to get certain, you know, marketing stuff nailed down so that I, I don't have to work as hard at it. Right. But at the same time, you know, I make enough to pay my mortgage, right. Uh, I eat, um, I don't need to be making a million dollars a year. Um, at some point, would it, would I turn it down? No, probably not. But I don't think it would change the way I live my life anyway. So, you know, the things that get yeah. me up in the morning are exercising my brain and, and moving my body. And, you know, the, the, the kind of things that, you know, I can, I can do without, you know, 10 xing my business to your point. Right. And, and you know what, it also, your personal gifts of like the writing, the thoughtfulness, the humor, it actually supports your business too, because, you know, mm -hmm. like I was so drawn into your writing and the way that you push us to think harder and how funny you are that, you know, like I know that you're supporting the startup scene, you know, in, in Pittsburgh and, and I know you're on the estates business. And so when I see folks that like are adjacent or supportive, I immediately think of you. And I think this is where, like, I'm always really encouraging people to look harder inside about their natural gifts, because whether it's a direct correlation of like, you know, I'm amazing musically and I love it and I want to be a musician, or I'm a really creative person. And if I just express my creativity through another channel, people will get to know me. Right. And at the end of the day, like whether it's your lawyer, your barber, your interior designer, you prefer to like the people you work with. And you know, you're a nice guy, you're a friendly guy, you're a thoughtful guy. And so when I see people that make sense to work with, who am I going to think of? I think of you, you know? So that's another way for anyone that's listening to be like, well, why should I care about my gifts? 
if I'm a musician and I'm not going to be a professional, you know, in a band, well, this is another way. And Owen's kind of, you've shown us that, man. And, you know, I wanted to ask you, though, is that you're talking about this a little bit. You've had so much, you know, success come from a total success perspective in life and building your businesses. What is something that you're still finding the friction on with, like, trusting yourself, trusting your gifts, continuing to push through? What is something that still feels hard for you today? Yeah. So, I mean, there, there are certain things that, <laughs> you know, I, I actually uh, got, it wasn't an argument so much as a scolding uh, from my wife earlier this week. <laughs> um, I say that as lovingly as I possibly can, because I, I deserved it. Um, I'm really good at taking care of other people, right? If, if a client comes to me and has a problem, no matter what it is, you know, if it involves forensic accounting, I can do that, right? I'm not so good at doing that myself, right? And so, you know, she was like, you know, Owen, you still need to pay your local taxes for 2022. I was like, oh, yeah. She's like, could you do that? I, like, I mean, I suppose that I could. She was like, do it today. So right. there, there are right. there are like very basic everyday aspects of life that I'm not very good at <laughs> for myself. Um, and right. one of the things that I've been wanting to improve on is being a little bit more selfish as far as taking care of myself. Right? I I put a ton of time and effort and love into into the people that I work with, um, and sometimes I don't. Take care of myself well enough. That's a beautiful message, man. And you know what? That kind of goes perfectly to how I want to end each episode here, which is like if you could give some advice to everyone that's listening, but also even to like your younger self, like maybe even today's Owen, you know, like what is the advice that you would give yourself about? using what you've got in there to take care of you, to take care of your community? Like what, is, what have you kind of learned over this, this arc? Yeah. You know, one of the things that, you know, I have that I wish I would have understood earlier, right. Is the, the things that, that I care about and the things that are meaningful to me are important, not only um, to your point earlier, you know, um, if I become associated with certain things because I am out on LinkedIn or YouTube or wherever talking about things, right. That's all well and good, but it also attracts the kind of people that I want to work with. Right. Um, the right. goal, the goal, not just in business, but, but in life in general is to find your people. Um, and in order to find your people, you kind of have to know who you are and who you like to hang out with. And that, that is directly drawn from the things that you care about, the things that, that you enjoy doing, the things that you just naturally find yourself doing, whether or not you intend to be doing them. Um, and it's not just good to have hobbies, right? Or to find certain things that you enjoy doing, whether it's fly fishing or playing guitar. That helps you understand a little bit better the kind of people that you want to be around, right? And the, the kind of people I love to be around aren't necessarily mm. people who are just like me, right? My best friends are chemists and right. data analysts, you know, 
but there are people who really, really care about learning and, and figuring things out and being creative in whatever they're doing, right? Getting a sense of that and, and following it is good, not, not just for business, but it is very good for business. It's also good for you know, finding your own people and, and being comfortable just on a day-to-day basis, knowing that you know, the people around you care. Yeah, that's that's a lesson it took me a long time to learn is to shift from looking at the actions or the activities to understanding why people choose to do certain things that they do. What do they value underneath it? And and like you said about your friends, like there's a curiosity, there's a learning, there's a creativity. And whether that's chemistry or music or the law or whatever it is, those things are just kind of outcomes or paths of the values. And when you find people that share those values, you feel like bonded to them. You feel like you belong with them. You're not just like fitting in with them. And I think that that's always the big difference because that really helps you feel safer and more encouraged to -hmm. know what you're about instead of just trying to fit into an activity. Um, Oh, and I just want to tell you, man, like you make people feel like they belong here. You know, when I read it, I don't, you know, I'm not kidding when I say that I read it every weekend when you put it out. I'm there. It stays unread until I read it because I know you're going to help me, you know, think through my own journey that I'm going through with creativity. We share some bonds over music. I ping you too much about Bonnie Vare and my thoughts about the no, lyrics no. and what they might mean. And, you know, <laughs> that's, that's what you do, man. It's all good. It's all good. It's, and, and thank you for um, reading on the record. You know, sometimes when I put it out, it feels like it goes into a void, right? Um, I mean, I, I kind of know people are reading it, but but I don't know, you know? Of course, man. That feels like everything that we put out into the world, right? It's a vulnerability piece where it's like you've given over control of it. And you told me about writing music once. that once you put it out into the world, now it can be somebody else's. And and you got to make mm-hmm. peace with that. Um, I thought that was, that was really beautiful. Yeah. So listen, man, I just wanted to thank you and everyone that's listening for joining us. You know, I love learning about your journey and everyone who's kind of like reflecting to try to find what, what their natural gifts are and how they use them. And because it never ends, you know, like it's always an evolution. And I think, you know, you sharing your journey is another example of what might resonate for someone else. And so that's what we're going to do here. That's what we're going to build is compiling all these different journeys of how people have discovered their gifts, brought them into their life, even when it felt really hard to do that. And so, you know, wherever you are listening to this at home, at lunch with your friends, I hope that, you know, you're taking inspiration and ideas from Owen so that, you know, you can uncover what you're about. And if you think somebody would benefit from this, then I hope that you share it with them. So thank you so much for listening. Owen, thank you. And to everyone out there, wish you an incredible rest of your day.